0: Welcome to the Wheel of Sport, home to the greatest sports stories ever told. My name's Ian McNally and with me is... Matt
1: Lavery, Matt Lavery. How's it going, Ian?
0: Yes, very well, Matt. We're here again for one of the greatest sports stories. We'll get the... Wi- we'll get get the I was going to say, we'll get the women going. <laughs> what am I talking about? Wow. This is this is taking a horrible turn, Matt. It's just my... I'll blame it on my, uh, my accents and my uh, bad... Addiction. Um, the topic for this episode is it's against all odds, Ian. Against all odds? Well, it's against all odds that you've still got possession of that precious wheel in Edinburgh. <laughs> I-, I feel like I'm getting withdrawal symptoms from it. It's uh, every time I hear it ticking, uh, just I long for that. I've spent a long time taping that wheel together, nurturing it, taking care of it. And now it feels like it's been taken away from me. I know. emigrated. Life's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Life is hard. That's very true. Well, this story, Matt, I'm going to take you back to a previous episode. In fact, it was the second episode we ever recorded together. It was the first episode we ever recorded together, but we released it second.
1: You're really sort of showing them behind the curtain (laughs) now, aren't you?
0: You see the magic of audio technology.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so that would be KV Switzer then, and the Boston Marathon. Yeah,
0: 1967, the first woman to ever run the Boston Marathon, as we both know in that episode. And if you haven't listened to that episode please do go back and have a listen to it. Pause this one. Go back and listen. You'll find out that Bobby Gibb, in fact, was the uh, first woman to run the marathon, but KV Switzer was the first woman to register for the marathon, her name being Catherine. She registered as KV because women weren't allowed to register in the Boston Marathon until 1972, April the 17th, when the first ever registered woman officially ran the Boston Marathon in 3 hours, 10 minutes, and 26 seconds. Now, what makes Boston special? Well, obviously, it's a very uh, larger-than-life city, big Irish Catholic population. But in terms of sport, the Boston Marathon is so iconic around the world because, Matt, it's the world's oldest annual marathon
1: oh right so i didn't know that there you go
0: so it started a year after the modern olympics in 1896 so in 1897 they they held the marathon on patriot's day um and it's been running ever since so it's got this heritage and wonderful kind of following only 15 runners to that first ever 1897 event, but it's in marathon folklore, this is what makes Boston so attractive, and I want to go to 1980. So, women have only been allowed to run in the Boston Marathon for eight years up to this point. This, Matt, is just a brilliant story against the diversity. It focuses on a young woman, she's 26 years old, she's only five foot three, short in stature, and she doesn't look like a runner you know like particularly long distance runners have this very uh, we've talked about this before but they have a, a, a particular look they're kind of gangly long-legged um, muscular sinewy and <laughs> uh, gaunt and as we've said <laughs> before often lack personality oh, but <laughs> that's
1: right that was that was you having a kick at me I remember thanks for that I,
0: my, no no it wasn't uh <laughs> We've all got our things to work on, Matt. Uh no, she's so she just doesn't cut the mold of a long distance runner. She's from she's an immigrant from Cuba. She was born in Havana. She moved to Memphis, Florida. That's a, right. bit, a bit sad, isn't it? <laughs> when you, where are we where are we moving from Havana to Memphis, great Florida not so great so she moved in 1962 8 years old uh to Memphis Florida and she it was it's really quite a sad story because she becomes uh, separated from her mother uh she's kind of brought up with extended family you know aunties and uncles and cousins and you can imagine that would have been quite a fractious upbringing and also the fact that she's moved to Memphis Florida and then she's living with her extended family uh, who are live in Hollywood Florida <laughs> nice <laughs> you know it's it's basically like aldi own brand stuff like it. mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like she she gets excited cuz it's the name and then no good so look she ends up going to um college in Nebraska, and she actually gets a, uh, complete a degree in 1977, she gets a degree in music, so she's not really into sport massively at this point, but As you know, Matt, you know, a lot of people come to long distance running a bit later in life. You know, it's not uncommon to have champions of the sport in kind of the mid to late 30s. And even onwards, there's people in their Mm -hmm. 40s and 50s who run very, very competitive times. Now, she's obviously been inspired by these trailblazing women who've run in the Boston Marathon. But she's living in New York as in her mid-twenties, it's quite... She's been through a lot. She actually, in 1973, before she moves to New York, she actually has a tumour removed from her brain. Mm -hmm. Um, And she five years later, she has a a plastic plate uh, inserted into her skull. So she's obviously been through quite a bit. She has this life-changing moment, even more life-changing potentially than um, significant surgery that she's had, which is she applies to run in the New York City Marathon in 1979. And by then, New York's obviously allowing female
1: competitors.
0: Yeah, that's right. They're allowing female competitors. It's all legit. And she... You know, you have to write down a time that you're going to estimate you'll finish mm-hmm. in a marathon. Now, she hasn't ran a marathon before, but she puts down a time which is a respectable four hours, 10 minutes. So she expects to finish the marathon at Central Park, four hours, 10 minutes, which is pretty quick, isn't it? Still, That's pretty good going for sure. So, you know, she's optimistic. Presumably, she embarks upon training for this event, um, and it's quite remarkable, Matt. She finishes that marathon in 11th place for women. She's the 11th fastest woman, so she finishes that New York marathon two hours, 56 minutes and 29 seconds. Oh, wow, that is quick. Sub three hours, wow. You're, like you've ran marathons yourself, can you just put into context how quick a sub three hour marathon is? Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's for inc- a first
1: timer. It's it's inc- it's really fast. You know, it's nothing I'd be bothering, <laughs> uh, but no, you'd you'd be you know really 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 quick
0: to be doing sub three. And considering her stature as well, she's five foot three. Uh, this is her first marathon. So even, you know, you've run marathons yourself, you know that you have to get your nutrition right, you have to get your training right, you have to be feeling great on a day, you also have to, you know, get your timings right as well, not give too much too soon, all of that. There's so many moving parts in a marathon, and she's just smashed this one out of the park. But Matt, significantly, um, yeah, sure, great to finish 11th in New York City Marathon. But crucially, because she's done so well, it qualifies her to run in the prestigious Boston Marathon for the following ah. year. So, I
1: mean, yeah, she, she must be. She must have finished and been like, "Wow, this is easy." You know, to run yeah. an hour and fifteen minutes quicker than she expected.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the New York Marathon took place twenty-first of October. 1979, the Boston Marathon, six months later to the day, the 21st of April, 1980. This is such a fairy tale story, Matt. This woman is extraordinary because she runs in the Boston Marathon. Remember at the start of the episode I said that the first woman ran three hours, 10 minutes and 26 seconds. She runs... Two hours, 31 minutes, and 56 seconds.
1: Goodness me. That is, that is electric pace. That is amazing. She's
0: gone from just sub three hours to two and a half hours in six months. She's knocked 25 minutes off her time. Now, to run a minute <sighs> quicker per mile is just extraordinary. And she's five foot three. It's not like she's this long-legged, eating-up-the-miles kind mm. of runner. And she that becomes, Matt, the quickest time ever for a woman in Boston Marathon history. It's the third fastest time for a woman ever at this point in any marathon. Wow. She was yes Yeah, interviewed- I mean, that's,
1: that's, that's so quick. For somebody just just doing it on their second go. That's absolutely remarkable. And then to put into context, as you say, that's the third fastest time ever. Yeah, that is amazing. She must have just been like, yeah, I suppose I'm quite good at this. I I think I found what
0: I'm good at. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, she's had quite a fractious life and obviously that surgery was significant. And, you know, it's just such a lovely story. It's kind of heartwarming that You know, she's found a passion. She's found what she's good at. And she, you know, there's a real simplicity to her as well, because she was interviewed straight after the Boston Marathon. Considering she'd just broken these records, a reporter said, you know, how did you run so quickly? And she said, I got up with lots of energy this morning. It's like, simple. That's all you need to do to win is get up. (laughs) Have lots of energy. And have lots of energy. Um, it is difficult
1: is... being asked to describe what did you do, though, to the layperson. Well, what did you do? It's like, well, <laughs> <laughs> loads of, I don't know. <laughs> I ran fast. What, what more can I tell you?
0: Well, it's, it's also nice that there was a Canadian, um, Jacqueline Garou, who was in second place. Now, Jacqueline Guru, she's probably gone through a few emotions because she was in front at 18 miles in the race. She was told by somebody that she was in the lead. And then obviously she's got to the finish and she actually finished in second place. She ran a time that would have been the fastest ever time for a woman in Boston, two hours, 34 minutes, 28 seconds. Same with Patty Lyons as well, who she was told that she was second place at 17 mile mark. um, And she's ended up finishing third. This short in stature woman, Cuban immigrant, has won boston and torn the whole marathon running scene apart like incredible her name matt is rosie ruiz Uh, just i love this story i mean one of the reasons it's such a fairy tale as well is because she'd done so well in new york her company her boss who she worked for in new york city he paid for her trip to boston He was so amazed that she'd like ran and finished 11th in New York that he's like, yeah, that's great. You can represent the company, you represent yourself. And considering she's then gone on to win it and smash these records is extraordinary. It's such a heartwarming story, even the point that she actually had her uh, a stress test after the race, you know, to check her heart rate. And she had a resting heart rate of 76 beats per minute. Now, that is also amazing because most female runners would have a resting heart rate of around 50 or or less. So e- even though she's, she kind of almost appears like not only has she been the quickest runner, she's also... Quickest runner in history to have the highest resting heart rate of a marathon runner in history, which is, again, I I mean, I think that's quite an achievement, but that's the lazy, (laughs) the lazy attitude I have. The other thing is, is that in the men's race, Bill Rogers, who has just won his third consecutive Boston Marathon, he meets Rosie Ruiz and sits down with her after it and, you know, congratulates her. And says, starts asking her, you know, about her training schedule, you know, what her splits and intervals are. And she's kind of just like clueless. Like she doesn't really know what splits and intervals are. It's like, it's really cute. Like that she's just doesn't know this. She's just aced two marathons and doesn't know the detail. You know, like, i have have you ever been asked questions like that after your running ex- exploits? Yeah, I
1: have. I mean, my first ever marathon, I didn't uh, I didn't finish 11th. But, yeah, I didn't. I, it took me just over four hours. But people were asking us about splits and stuff, and I just didn't really have a clue. I hadn't um, hadn't trained with a stopwatch or anything. I hadn't looked at it. I just thought, oh, I'll just run. Uh, and then somebody said, you should try it. So I did. And then for every marathon since, I've been... Yeah, taking about 20 minutes off each time. Um, Because I I look at that and it it matters. It's sort of fundamental, I suppose, if you've got a serious training program. It's what people talk about, um, people who run marathons anyway. People with no personalities. People who are gaunt. (laughs)
0: Thanks. (laughs) Look, you've got a a Tinder profile made there. Yeah, sure. Gaunt gaunt without personalities. I wasn't talking about you, Matt. You know, I, I love you. Yeah, so obviously Bill Rogers here is, uh, is a, I suppose, a bit be, be, bemused, a bit bewildered. Like, they even go on the television the next day and, um, you know, they obviously, after the race, there's this ceremony with the mayors there and they have the wreath uh, given, you know, put over their heads and then they're on TV the next day and they're being interviewed about all these things. And it's kind of just a bit bewildering, and even the way she she looks, the way she dresses, like she's wearing like a yellow t shirt, and her her number because she was the fiftieth quickest woman to qualify is W fifty, and so it's just like she just looks so ordinary. It's almost like she's wearing like a fashion t shirt, mm. like it's it's just and. She doesn't seem to be, you know, um, uh, exhausted or, like, she's not sweaty. And I, I just think it's it's brilliant. Um,
1: but but she this... must be absolutely buzzing, though, is she? Is she showing, like, enthusiasm or excitement about her achievements?
0: Yeah, no, she's really – she seems overwhelmed at okay. this point, Matt. She's overwhelmed by the occasion. She's just really kind of – i can't believe like you wouldn't would you if if that was you like like you said just then you ran your first marathon you're just like i'll just run yeah and then imagine if you'd gone i'll just run and won yeah (laughs) and broke (laughs) and became the third quickest man in
1: history (laughs) yeah it'd be it'd be quite weird wouldn't it yeah you would be overwhelmed you'd be be a little
0: bit a little bit overwhelmed um But, Matt, this story has a bit of a turn because um, poor Rosie, she, only four days after the Boston Marathon, she gets disqualified from the New York Marathon. Oh, dear. Now, this is a bit weird, isn't it? Because the New York Marathon took place... Six months previously? (laughs) Like, that's done? That's... You can't go back now. Now, a woman called Susan Morrow, who was a freelance photographer, she claimed to know Rosie Ruiz. When I say know her, she'd met her. She'd met her actually on the day of the New York City Marathon. And she'd met her on the subway, the train, not the sandwich shop she uh-huh. met her <laughs> she'd met her on the train, and they exchanged like pleasantries and Ruez had actually told she said oh, i'm actually injured. this funny thing about this matter is that I thought when I was reading this that she'd met Susan Morrow like on the way home from the race she actually met her during the race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see what she's been up to. Don't, don't, no! Come on, Matt. That's clear anti-Cuban sentiment from an American attitude. That come right. on, give her a chance. Give her a chance. No, she met her during the race, and they'd walked kind of towards the finish line together. Then Susan Morrow had kind of become a little bit separated from. But what had happened is, as they were um, going towards. The, the finishing area in, S- in Central Park there was a f- quite a few barric- barricades and police and stuff now Rosie Ruiz had an official race number and anytime they got close to a barricade what Rosie would do is she'd put her arm over Susan Morrow's shoulder and start to limp and so the police would just let them through <laughs> the barrier <laughs> and she kept doing this until they were kind of separated and then she kind of went away and she presented a Rosie Riz pre- presented herself to f- the first aid volunteers and about 10 people came around her and she said oh I'm injured anyway they they took her through uh, as a finisher and recorded her time as the 11th fastest woman right
1: But I don't mean that counts if you've been on the tube or the subway, is it?
0: (laughs) Well, she actually went back to Susan Morrow and found her after the race and they exchanged phone numbers. And about a week later, Rosie Ruiz reportedly phoned Susan Morrow and said, oh, hi, Susan, it's Rosie. And Susan Morrow kind of caught a bit unawares, was like, Rosie? And she said, You've forgotten who I am already and hung up. Ooh. Which is weird,
1: isn't it? <laughs> it's a bit weird. I don't know. Is that menacing or is it is it not?
0: I, I can't know. really tell. Susan Morrow had gone to uh she'd seen this win and she'd start to piece it together and think, Oh, I know that woman. I sat next to her on the subway. I feel a bit like I should tell somebody this. So she did. She contacted the New York City Marathon and they started to investigate. They found out there was no photographs of Ruiz uh, running or any video footage. And they took Susan Morrow's word. There was also some other witnesses who could say that, oh, we did see a a woman who meets that description who kind of jumped on the course with like half, half a mile to go or so. Um, Rosie Ruiz is is banned from the New York City Marathon mm. and disqualified but what's strange now is that because she's disqualified surely she means that her qualification for Boston is now defunct yeah of course but she's ran in Boston already and she's ran the fastest Boston time ever for a female and she's ran the th- uh, third fastest time ever in the world or has at she. that distance because she she woke up with lo- remember she woke up with lots of energy in the morning. Yeah. Man, so Boston refused to disqualify her to begin to begin with because you know Boston New York got a bit of a rivalry. They're like, no, no, we we've got this. We're going to do our own investigation. Right? So, okay, but they are going to investigate. They are going to investigate, and they do begin to find some interesting things. But before we go on to that, I think one of the notable things about the New York um, situation is that when she'd applied for New York, she was too late with her application. And so she'd missed the cutoff points for her application. (laughs) Um, Running
1: late, get on the subway.
0: So she just...
1: (laughs) So she caught up to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is the in person. the weeks. This is in yeah. the
0: weeks before, um, and she'd missed the cutoff. But she said, "Oh, because I had a brain tumor. Can I, can you just let me in?" And they did, right? Hopefully, she's got a good excuse up her sleeve for this one. But she, you know, don't walk the walk of a champion, Matt. She, she's been on TV. She's been a. <laughs> They' getting a wreath over the head in front of hundreds of adoring fans. <laughs> Poor old Jacqueline Garou who finished second. Really interesting that they put in a uh, report, they investigate this, they find out that Rosie Ruiz has jumped on the course with half a mile to go. What's quite amazing about this is that Bill Rogers, who won for the men's race, he reckons that he picked up on this straight away. He knew that she wasn't the champion. He said, I I could just look at her, and I knew that she wasn't a world-class runner. Hmm. Apparently, just before they were about to appear on TV, he he basically said to her, if you've got something to say, say it now. Like, you can, you know, do it now, because it'll be... less worse and she said she just looked at her and went I, I won i i won <laughs> she just said i won <laughs> so that was it it was easy um brilliant they do this investigation thankfully they put Jacqueline guru as champion she now is uh, becomes the fastest ever female time uh, as I say, with time so of she's now a two world hours record thirty-four. Record. No, no, she's Jacqueline just Drew. fastest time in in Boston. In Boston. Right, okay. Um, and interestingly, Patty Lyons, who finished second with a time of two hours thirty-five and eight seconds, she becomes the fastest female American at this distance, mm. which shows you that like the the caliber in this race is uh, extraordinary. One thing that really strikes me, Matt, as well is that initial um, official. Uh, time of the first ever female in 1972, three hours, 10 minutes. Look how quick women have got in that, you know, short time. Eight years later, they're running almost half an hour quicker. Yeah, which is just over unbelievable. This distance.
1: To take off half an hour at that, you know, when you're, when you're already running that quick is just unbelievable. It just
0: shows, yeah, it just shows you the, you know, giving people the opportunity to do this. Mm. Works, yeah, <laughs> like you know, I think in that initial episode we did on KV Switzer about females being, uh, you know, too um, fragile or not being strong enough to do the marathon distance. Well, this is a big two fingers up to to that. So, what became of Rosie Ruiz? Well, she did seem to give up the marathon running mat. If, oh, if, I don't think she would ever really started it. Had she? <laughs>
1: It does kind of beg the question, what was she trying to achieve? That, that That's what I want to know. Like, what
0: was the point? Well, old mate um, Bill Rogers, the, the male champion, he reckons that she was so overwhelmed at the finish line and during the award ceremony and so on, he thinks that she just jumped on the course too early. He thinks that she probably thought, I'll jump on the course... And I'll run the last half mile and I'll finish like eighth or, you know, and, and then my boss who paid for this trip will be proud of me and, you know, it'll be fine. But what she's done, she's jumped on the course, <laughs> bloody won the thing and smashed records. So but, so, but why finish, why cheat at all? I mean, look, honest people like you and I, Matt, we just... Don't know why somebody would do that, but... But there's no prize money of it, or, like, what's the prize money? Is it, is it significant? Is it... No, I I think it might just be prestige, like, it might just be personal kind of, you know... But, she yeah, might but... just think, well, this is an an easy way to kind of get on in life, or... Very odd. Very odd. It is very odd to choose it, and there's a, there's a couple of things which are sad about this story. Obviously, Rosie's situation herself... The other things that are quite sad is that this is, it almost marks an era, certainly in Boston and possibly in the wider long distance running community, which is people are now suspicious of each other. You know, this was a sport where it was about camaraderie and about um, respect and sportsmanship and everything was kind of done on a sporting basis, you know, that Mm. people could just respect each other were being honest and they wouldn't cut corners and so on. Literally. Yeah, and now Boston Marathon, they have something like 125 spotters out along the course to check people aren't cheating. They have undisclosed CCTV around the course to check people. They they chip everybody uh, for the race. Obviously, that's probably for admin reasons as well. Now they've got the numbers up, but all of these kind of security measures come in um, just purely to spot cheats which is really kind of sad isn't it (laughs) but I suppose necessary if people are going to take advantage well what became of Rosie as well um, Look, two years later she was jailed for a week for embezzling $60,000 from her employer (laughs) Uh, she she also, um, a year later, 1983, she was uh, in trouble with the law again for um, she <laughs> tried to sell uh, to undercover law enforcement two kilograms of cocaine. Right. That, that would get you in trouble. And probably her greatest achievement, Matt, I think, by far, she was a question on who wants to be a millionaire in the US. Brilliant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a uh what a crook what a dodgy shady person she's obviously had a very uh you know difficult don't make excuses for her there's no excuses mate come on
0: i honestly when i was reading about her like what became of her i thought she would have become a hairdresser because she was so good at shortcuts
1: <laughs> very good very good <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, but there we go. The story of Rosie Rue is it's like just it creates this action, I suppose, creates a whole new dawn in uh, long distance running for for all the wrong reasons. but um I suppose it's gonna be an easy thing to do, isn't it cheating in a marathon because I think we could Matt, we could do a whole episode of people who've cheated in marathons. There's a lot of them. So, yeah. and also you've just said uh, you knock twenty minutes off your time. Like, I know you use drugs, but like <laughs> that's a really But you who get some some tips. So you now some people have suggested that we should be uh, dope tested after making these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> oh dear. Well, thank you very much for that, Ian. What a remarkable story about a crook. I'm a thief. I've got less sympathy for her than you do. I'm afraid um, <laughs> cheating's wrong. Uh, but thanks very much, and thank you very much, uh, listener. Uh, please do get in touch with the show if you've got any suggestions for future episodes. Uh, you can reach us on Instagram or Twitter at the Wheel of Sport, uh, or on via email at thewheelofsport at gmail dot com.
0: Yeah, but thanks very much, Ian. Look forward to speaking to you soon. It's been a pleasure, Matt. I'm I'm very tempted to get my runners on and Get on the I train. don't think yeah my joints are so uh, rusted over that I wouldn't have W40 I'd have to have WD40 on the front of my shirt so <laughs> nice uh... <laughs> very good
1: very good
0: But <laughs> well, we'll leave you there and thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you again for one of the greatest sports stories ever told thank you bye